right, welcome everybody. Pastor Eli James here, along with uh, Dan from Georgia, and we're going to be continuing our study of the book of Isaiah. We finished up with chapter 10 last week, and so we're going to continue with Isaiah chapter 11, and this chapter deals with the second exodus of the ten northern tribes, and this is going to require uh, some explanation. Well, good morning, Dan. And, good morning. Uh, yeah. And I said good morning to you off air, so I forget to do it on the air. <laughs> so, <laughs> no problem. Yeah, all right. So uh, anyway, the uh, the problem with the, the vast majority of Christian exegesis <laughs> on the Bible, uh, because they falsely assume that the Jews are the Israelites and the Jews are the Judahites, they, they simply ignore the passages dealing with the uh, you know, migrations of the ten northern tribes, which also include many members of the two southern tribes who were also taken captive by, uh, I forget which Assyrian king it was, but uh, he took 42 fenced cities of the house of Judah, right, and added them to the ten northern tribes that were captive in Assyria. So in effect, actually all 12 tribes were taken captive by the Assyrians, and they made their escape across the Caucasus Mountains, approximately 745 B.C., uh, possibly a little later, not much later, and uh, became known as the Caucasian people, <laughs> right? I mean, th this is standard Christian identity, British-Israel understanding of the history of the tribes, okay? It's just reality. It's just yeah. the reality of the situation. Exactly, you know, it's not, yeah. It's not our really interpretation is just what really happened yeah you know, it's history yeah and uh, i was uh, before the show started i was trying to find there's a passage uh, in the apocrypha i believe it's in maccabees where the uh, the uh, i think it's the trojans or the peloponnesians i'm not sure exactly which i forget the uh, reference and uh it uh, talk it, it's letters sent from the house of judah not jewry the house of judah I'm pretty sure it's to the Trojans acknowledging their kinship, okay? And uh, literature like that really, uh, you know, backs up the identity point of view of the migrations, right? And uh, the, the churches are simply ignorant of the migration uh, studies, you know, it's because it's been suppressed by the Jews mightily, and uh, you know, they have influenced our theology by, by number one, falsely claiming to be Israel right? and falsely claiming to be Judah. So uh, this is something that is, must be overcome. And uh, it's, it's something that I think is slowly being overcome as more and more people gravitate to the identity point of view vis-a-vis -vis Jewry, understanding that Jewry is not the Israel of the Bible at all. Okay. And so, uh, that is the main reason why we're here at Eurofolk Radio, is to educate our brethren as to the reality of the racial message in the Bible and the covenant message, which is also ignored by the churches. Okay? So anyway, let's get to it. Uh, let me bring it up here. I'll give us a little um, background just to get caught up to where we are. We had we uh, sure. last week we covered uh, we actually had the in chapter nine prophecy of uh, Yeshua in Isaiah right. nine, chapter verses one through seven, and then uh, the remainder of chapter nine was a judgment on just basic arrogance, right. and then we got into chapter ten we have our judgment on Assyria and uh, right. actually we had. I have in my notes, we had actually, there were four Assyrian invasions. We had uh, Tiglath-Pileser III in 732 B.C., Shalmaneser in 722 B.C., who actually took the house of Israel, under who was under King Hosea, who was yet another wicked king of Israel. And then we had Sargon in 712 B.C., and then Sennacherib in 702 B.C. Right. And... Sennacherib actually tried to uh, take Jerusalem when Hezekiah was king, and <clears throat> that was because Hezekiah was a good king, one of the few good kings. Yeah. Uh, the angel of uh, Yahweh killed 185,000 of his troops, and um, 
That's in 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 35, and 2 Samuel chapter 24, verses 15 through 16. So at that time, for a little while longer, um, uh, Jerusalem was spared. So um, anyway, we had that, that judgment on Assyria because uh, God was is, did punish them as well. He used right. them to punish our people, and then he used um, – and then um, – he would, Assyria was punished, so yes. that's where we stand right now, and um, with chapter coming up on chapter eleven. <clears throat> yeah, uh, the, but there are also the forty-two fenced cities of the house of Judah were also taken, and uh, I, I'm not sure which. Uh, yeah. Which uh, Assyrian king? Uh, but it was I think it was the last one, the, the one you talked about, uh, who uh, Sennacherib. Yeah, yeah, who was not able to take Jerusalem. And on his way back, he, uh, you know, he just captured all, basically, the civilian population of the 42 fenced cities, added them to the 12 tribes. Now, according to, oh, I forget which uh, history book it is, uh, that the, uh, the half-tribe, the half-tribe of Manasseh, the, on the eastern half of the Jordan River, they were taken captive in the year 745 B.C., so we have a constant take you know, captivity. You said 702 was like the last one. So that was Sennacherib when he first <clears> – <throat> the um, Assyrian four invasions was – the last one was made by him in 702 is what I've got. Yeah, okay, and Brother Abert puts in First uh, Maccabees 1220. Yeah, uh, Arius, king of the Lacedaemonians, to Onias, the high priest, greeting – and uh, t- verse 21, it is found in writing that the Lacedaemonians are Jews, rather Judahites. The Lacedaemonians and Judahites are brethren, and they, they are of the stock of Abraham, okay, which is, again, standard identity teaching that the, the, the so-called Greeks and the, you know, the Romans, the Brits, Sp- Spaniards, Franks, are all Israelites. Of yep. the 12 tribes that we're talking about here today, right? Thank you, Brother Abraham. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, Swamp Fox, yeah, the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dogs. That, that, that's what we should call the Judeo-Christian churches, lazy <laughs> dogs, right? They're just lazy in their lack of study of the history of the Bible, okay? The, the Bible is a history book, folks. It really is. Yeah. And it aligns perfect with, with secular history. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and the book of Maccabees is really must reading for everybody because it tells us of how the high priesthood and how the Judahites, because it's about the Judahites, it's not about the house of Israel, how they degenerated, <laughs> right, uh, and made common cause with first the Greeks and uh, be- began perverting the religion of Moses. And that's how Maccabee, the, Maccabee means the hammer. Simon Maccabeus, his nickname was the hammer. And uh, the, the followers of the Maccabees were true Judahites uh, re- retaining mo- the laws of Moses, whereas the others made common cause with the Greeks and became traitors to the, the teachings of Moses. And that's what happened, okay? And if you don't know that, you really don't understand what happened to, in 100 years before before Christ, before Yahshua Messiah arrived on the scene, and the degeneracy of uh, the house of Judah leading from that point when the, uh, the, uh, not, no, the uh, Greeks invaded, then the Romans invaded, and then the... Uh, uh, Edomites made common cause. In fact, the Edomites invited the Romans in to occupy Judea and uh, allowed the Edomites uh, to you know, rule over us along with the Romans for that hundred years before Christ. Okay? That's an extremely p- important era of history, and yet the average Judeo Christian knows absolutely nothing about it. Okay? And, uh, and I've heard many of them say, well, we don't need to know history. All, we have the Bible. All we need to have is the Bible. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous. You know, the Bible is a history book. It is. Yeah. It's, it's all history. Yeah. 
And if you don't know the history of the Israelites and Judahites, then you don't know the Bible. That's all there is to it, right? You simply don't know it. All right, so let's get into it here. And this is Isaiah 11, 1. And there, uh, again, it's a, a prediction of the coming of Messiah. Over to yeah. you. <clears throat> okay, chapter 11, verse 1. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of Yahweh shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of Yahweh, and shall make him quick, make him of quick understanding in the fear of Yahweh. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. In other words, he's not going to judge by appearance or make a decision based on hearsay. Yeah, it'll be on the laws of <laughs> Yahweh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he ought to know. Well, you know, when he was 12 years old, he was teaching the, the priests of, of the temple what, what the meaning of the scriptures, right? Yep. <laughs> okay. But with righteousness, he shall judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth or the humble of the earth. Yeah, right. Better stated Uh and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked and righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins and faithfulness the girdle of his reins okay the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. Okay, now, of course, this is one of the more, more famous prophecies in the book of Isaiah. And, uh, you know, some people take it literally that the, the wolf and the, and the lamb will you know, frolic in the fields without, without hurting yeah. one another. Uh, I think this is more about the uh, Israelite tribes, okay, mm-hmm. the, the wolf being Benjamin. The lamb would be uh, you know, Yahshua Messiah, and the leopard Judah would you know, be the lion, I right. guess. Yeah, and the calf would be uh, uh, Ephraim. Ephraim. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah. Lion would be certainly Judah, etc., etc. But it's possible <laughs> that, that this will actually happen because there will be a new heavens and a new earth, and it it might you know it might actually come become literally true. Mm-hmm. So okay. And uh, all this killing uh, that uh, has been going on for the last six, seven thousand years, right? Will yeah. finally come to an end. All right, we're looking forward to that day. All right, absolutely. Verse seven: And the cow and the bear shall feed; their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the suckling child shall play on the hole of the asp. <laughs> and the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice's den. Okay. <clears throat> so children playing with snakes. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. How about alligators? <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't think we should take this literally. Yeah, I'm not inclined to take it literally. But, I don't uh, think so. Yeah, right. Okay. All right. Yeah, back to you. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of Yahweh as the waters cover the sea. Well, I would say that has not taken place yet. Yeah, certainly not I'm, yet. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> it doesn't look good and, for, for the Judeo-Christians either. <laughs> right? <laughs> they're, they're, you know, they're the, the, let's call them the slow brethren, the lazy dogs, right? <laughs> who, who just don't do, do any study. Uh, I have to tell you, though, uh, Having moved down to Arkansas here and uh, going to several services of the various denominations that are around, and within my uh, homestead here, there's a a dozen churches at least uh, within within three or four miles, right, uh, on this one country road, and this uh, area is littered with churches, all very good people. Uh, all un, how should I put it, unprepossessing to use an old world. They they're not uh, evil people. They, mm-hmm. they they're not judgmental. They you know they're just good, honest folk. 
who've been taught incorrect theology by yeah. the various denominations. You know, they're not evil people in any stretch of the imagination. They're, yeah. Yeah, they're literally the salt of the earth. But however, they're really un, untrained in the scriptures thanks to the denominations and the, the number they have done on our minds. I don't think these people are going to be judged harshly. I think they'll get into the kingdom but not as part of the 144,000, which will be the government under yeah. Yahshua. I think they're just going to be citizens of the kingdom, and uh, you know uh, they will fi- finally learn the truth of the Bible. Uh, but they're, I, they're just victims of bad teachers. That's, that's right. All. Yeah, I mean, that's not their fault that they've been yeah. brainwashed, right? So I don't want to condemn anybody who's been brainwashed. You know, all of us have gone through some sort of brainwashing in our lives. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, but the, the main brainwashing tool is the lie that the Jews are Israel, right? And, yep. and that that lie must be exposed. It must that be exposed. is probably the most important lie of the right. Bible that needs that's, to be exposed. That's right. Because okay. if you don't know who's who, yeah, then <laughs> you don't know what's what, right? Right, right. <laughs> I mean, it's like picking up a, a book and not knowing who the the bad guys and the good guys are. You That's know? right, yeah. Uh, the lone stranger, <laughs> the guy in white, <laughs> he's the good guy, right? And, <laughs> and, and the guy in the Yarmulke, he's the bad guy. It's just that simple. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yep. Okay. All right, verse yeah. 10. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the Gentiles or nations seek. And we're talking about Israelite nations. Right. And his rest shall be glorious. That's another word that is very uh, misused, I guess you could say, is Gentiles. Yes. Um, A lot of the uh, mainstream Christians, Judeo-Christians, think it applies to all the races, all the other people. All the yeah. people of the world, and it only applies to the dispersed Israelites. Right, yeah. Yeah, my friend David Ewing, when he was alive, and I still have his research, he proved conclusively uh, by, just by doing uh, word studies and uh, correlations between Old Testament and New Testament usages of the word Gentile. 99% of the cross references are all Israel. Mm-hmm. And, and the one percent are not, uh, it could be non-Israelites, but uh, the fact of the matter is when, when you cross-reference the Old and New Testament, uh, you find in the, if you see the word Gentile in the New Testament and cross-reference because virtually every word for example that Paul wrote was a reference to the Old Testament, right? And mm-hmm. you'll find out that it, it's a reference back to Israel not to any other nation, okay? So uh, again, but uh, the Judeos don't do this kind of research. They just jump to the conclusion that Gentile, that the New Testament is for all people and the Old Testament is for the Jews, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, yeah, you I know. wonder why they would have, the translators would have used a Latin word, which is what Gentile is, and right. substituted that for the Greek word, which was ethnos, which means... Right. Race. Yeah. Um, yeah. It means a person of the same race, tribe, or family. That's what the, yeah, the Latin word Gentile means. It doesn't mean outsider or, or foreigner. It means kinsman. That's what it means. And, yeah. Uh, you know, so the churches get that wrong, too. So uh, there's so much to, uh, that has to be undone <laughs> in terms of theology, Judeo Christian theology, that is mind boggling. It's absolutely mind boggling how the, they get re- very, very little right. In terms of the uh, the identities and the history that uh, is incorporated in the Bible, you know, mm-hmm. the Abrahamic covenants, you know, Genesis twelve one through three, you know, they they falsely believe that it's about the Jews, even though the Jews aren't even mentioned. No, they're not even mentioned in the first five books of the Bible. That's right. That's right. So, but uh, because the Schofield Reference Bible says uh, that uh, Genesis 12, 1 through 3 is about the Jews. Therefore, it's about the Jews, right? It, mm-hmm. It's not. No, it's not. That's a lie. It's an absolute lie is what it is. All right. Okay, yeah. back to you. Yeah. No, you know, many years ago, uh, our ancestors knew about Jews, right? 
more so than they do today. But wasn't it when when Schofield came out with his Bible that all of this Jew-loving stuff yeah. started to happen? Uh, exactly. That's part of the Zionist agenda. They needed to get uh, the the Christians. They needed they needed to create a movement called Christian Zionism in order to provide Christian support for the Israeli state. And that's why they hired Schofield to corrupt the Bible with his Judeo philosophy, right? And that's where it starts. And it was uh, two main the uh, theological centers, uh, Dallas Theological Seminary and Moody Bible Institute in Chicago were the ones who started promoting the uh, Schofield Reference Bible, okay? And then other, other seminaries followed suit. But the Jews were totally behind, you know, bribing, bribing these seminarians to teach this stuff. Mm -hmm. That that's how it developed. Yeah, but it was part of the Zionist agenda. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, I think we were on verse eleven. Right. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set His hand again the second time. To recover the remnant of his people. Okay, stop right there. The second yep. time to recover the remnant of his people. And uh, what's the next few words, the next six words there? Which, uh, after which, after yeah, people? Yeah, I'll just read which, it. Which shall be left from Assyria, right? It's yep. telling us that there's going to be a second exodus. Uh, and who would that uh, who would that be? You know, it was the Israelites of the ten northern tribes. They were right there, just south of the Caucasus Mountains. So mm -hmm. Isaiah 11, from 11, 11 to the end of this chapter, it's talking about the second exodus. Uh, he, that Yahweh, well, the Lord here is Adonai, that Adonai shall set his hand again a second time to recover the remnant of his people, just as he did from Egypt. Yep. Okay. It's pretty clear. All right. Uh, go ahead. Take it from the top because this is yep. a path for us. Because uh, every one of these nations here is going to have to be discussed in turn because this is an area where the KJV translators uh, s simply don't know what's going on because they don't know anything about the migrations. Okay. But it's very clear from... Uh, uh, it actually uh, is uh, re relevant to the uh, first Pentecost in 33 AD because these places are mentioned at Pentecost as well. So just go ahead and read through the whole verse and, okay. uh, yeah, and, and we'll and, take this and, apart. Yeah. It shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria and from Egypt, and from Pathros, which is Upper Egypt, okay. and from Cush, which is Syria, and from Elam, which is uh, the yeah. area of Mesopotamia, which is between the Tigris and Euphrates rivers, okay. and from Shinar, and yeah. from Hamath, and from the islands of the sea, or the Mediterranean islands, like Crete and Cyprus and right. those places. And, and possibly even, you know, uh, like Spain and the islands of, because uh, yeah. we're already in Britain, you know. Yeah. But uh, but that doesn't mean that they, they, they were part of this migration. They're, they ne they're never coming back. Although the one group that did come back was the Galatians, you know, uh, Israelites who had settled in Gaul, that is called France today. So um, they did return because uh, they got tired of fi all the fighting against the Romans. So and they settled in the city of Galatia, <laughs> right? So, mm -hmm. Yeah. So okay. So the, who are these people from Assyria? He's going to uh, recover his people from Assyria. He's obviously talking about the ten northern tribes. Yeah. And as we discussed, uh, the two, two members of the two southern tribes were added to them. So liter it's literally all twelve tribes. So from Egypt, well, weren't there a lot of Israelites living in G in Egypt mm -hmm. at this time? Especially yeah. Upper Egypt. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Pathros, what is Pathros? Uh, huh. Okay. That's so, upper Egypt. Yeah, path, a, a part of Egypt it says here, and Cush. Now Cush could be 
southern Egypt, uh, meaning Ethiopia, and Ethiopia means to, uh, sunburnt faces. Uh, there were a lot of Israelites that in, uh, to the south of Egypt, in Africa, uh, especially on the island of Elephantine, where the house of Judah built a second temple to Yahweh, okay? No doubt about it. And Elam, uh, yeah, Elam you mentioned. Syria. Yes, yeah, Syria. Shinar, I think, is Sumeria. And you know, again, we're talking the Far East. And from Hamath, let's see what it says here about Hamath. It is a pl- another, a place in Syria. And from the islands of the sea. And there are many, many prophecies about uh, our people living in the islands of the sea. Okay? So, all of these people are Israelites who uh, were gathered together by Yahweh. Some of them were uh, crossed the Caucasus Mountains. Others did not. All, others were already in in Europe and in Britain, etc. Okay? To recover means to gather back to him. It doesn't really matter what the place is. You were g- gathering back to him <laughs> and, uh, you know, adding them back to the fold. They will, as our people eventually did, the Christian world went back to Yahweh. It still hasn't been a perfect return, but uh, we're getting there. You know, certainly it will happen at the Judgment Day. All right, please continue. Okay. It's interesting, too, you mentioned about uh, our people being in the British Isles long before this. Right. And there's actually a book, I think it's by Raymond Cap, that talks about uh, the years of Christ, how Christ had, the missing years, what he called it, had actually gone to uh, the British Isles. Right. And yeah. his, I, the Traditions of Glastonbury, I think that's the name of the book. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's all oh. kinds of, you know, and the, the, the tradition in Britain is that uh, Yahshua walked, there's this, Jerusalem is the name of the hymn, it's like the British National Anthem, that talks about uh, Jesus Christ being walking on British soil, uh, especially near Glastonbury, right? Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yep. But all of this is ignored by the churches. Okay. All right. So let's all right, see. chapter uh, verse twelve, right? Yep. And he set up, and he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the, the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Okay, <clears throat> now the, the ensign is quite possibly the cross. Even though the cross was not a, a symbol for the early Christians, their symbol was the uh, fish. Because the fish, of, yeah. The, yeah, based on the uh, statement, you will be fishers of men, right? <laughs> <laughs> fishers of Adamites and fishers of Israelites. And so the early ensign was this uh, the sign of the fish and after Constantine it was the sign of the cross. But there are other symbols that we can and uh, it talks about the heraldry of the 12 tribes of Israel which we still have today. We Israelites still have all those ensigns and the Jews don't. The Jews the Jews never had these ensigns. Okay? And assemble the outcasts of Israel. Okay, so who was outcast? Virtually every tribe except the Judah, the Judahites in the city of Jerusalem, mm-hmm. uh, from the four corners of the earth. Okay, so wherever they were, they will be assembled. Eventually assembled, but then uh, verse sixteen talks about the crossing over into uh, the uh, across the Caucasus. Back to you. All right. Verse 13, the envy also of Ephraim shall depart, and the adversaries of Judah shall be cut off. Ephraim shall not envy Judah, and Judah shall not vex Ephraim. So no more jealousy between the Israelites and the Judahites. Yeah, no more infighting among the tribes. Uh, But you could also say that uh, World War I and World War II were infighting among the tribes created by the Jews. Yeah, right. yeah. In those two world wars, and we're still seeing that today. But uh, the uh, the animosity between you know the the British people and the American people, there really is no animosity among us and uh, the the European. There really is no more animosity among the people 
it's uh, just the stupidity of our leaders. And they're following you know, the Jewish lead in, in staging wars that causes all these wars. It's not because the Americans hated the Germans, that they, they were part of World War I. That had to do with the Balfour Declaration and the Jewish attempt to gain Palestine, right? So it wasn't because the Americans hated the British or, or the Germans. No, not mm-hmm. at all, okay? So, uh, th- this is, uh, so th- this would be true. Uh, the, there's no animosity among our people for one another that uh, doesn't exist. Okay. All right. Back to you. There needs to be animosity be- between our people and the Jews, though. That's right. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that uh, perfect hatred that David talks about, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Verse 13, uh, verse uh, 14. But they shall fly upon the shoulders of the Philistines toward the west. Okay. They shall this- spoil. Yeah, this uh, the Philistines here has to be a reference to the so-called Phoenicians, okay? And that's exactly what happened. The twelve, uh, the ten northern tribes became very paganized, and uh, they were the, the sailors who sailed the Phoenician ships. All right, and uh, what Fenfen? Uh, what uh, what northern country? Uh, there's one of the northern countries that's actually named after ph- the Phoenicians. But they were Israelites, okay? And so uh, this is actually predicting that uh, there will be a westward sailing of the Israelites toward Europe, okay, toward Europe. All right. All right, please continue. They shall spoil them of the east together. They shall lay their hand upon Edom and Moab, and the children of Ammon shall obey them. Okay, so... uh, well, if, well, of course, the Edomites were under the control of the house of Judah from the from the parting of the ways between Jacob and Esau. Okay, so uh, and the Edomites were the uh, servants of the Judahite kings, and uh, th- and that was true all the way up until the, the Battle of Waterloo, when the Edomite uh, bankers, the Jew bankers, gained the upper hand over Jacob. Okay, so uh, the Edomites were the servants of the house of Judah for oh, hundreds and thousands of years, actually. Okay, and who are the children of Ammon? Okay, the Ammonites. Well, they would be included um, among the Canaanites. And it was prophesied of, of Canaan that he will be a servant of servants. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, this is just confirming other prophecies. Okay, back to you. Okay, verse 15, and Yahweh shall utterly destroy the tongue of the Egyptian sea. And with his mighty wind shall he shake his hand over the river and shall smite it in the seven streams and make men go over Drashad. Okay, so the language of Egypt uh, is obviously not spoken anymore. I think they speak uh, Coptic now is what the language spoken there. So a lot of these old languages uh, are, are gone. There, there's smatterings of people who still speak Aramaic, right, for example. And it's a good thing they do because uh, that gives us a, a sense of what the, the language is, is like. And the uh, Peshitta, the Aramaic translation of the Old Testament, is uh, very valuable in uh, g- giving us that perspective, right? So it's... it's it's always uh, good to have multiple uh, language translations and get a different perspective. All right. Okay, so here's the big one. And Dryshod is uh, you know, just as the Israelites crossed the uh, Red Sea or Sea of Reeds uh, when the uh, wind uh, or, or the, uh, the sea was dried up temporarily for them to cross, the same thing happened in, uh, in the Caucasus. All right, back to you. Yep, verse 16. And there shall be a highway for the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria, like as it was to Israel in the day that he came up out of the land of Egypt. Okay. So there's so going to be a highway from Assyria. That's right. Now, in which direction are they most likely to go? <laughs> right? <laughs> north. Go, yeah, north. Are they going to go back <laughs> south? You know, to the nope. devastated land? You know, where the Assyrians still have, have sway? Right, 
No, they're going to go north. That was the only direction left to them. To the east were all the, the tribes, the Iranians and Iraqi tribes and others. So, in fact, the, uh, the Israelite tribes were used as a buffer, a military buffer, between Assyria and these eastern tribes. And that's one of the reasons why the Israelites left, because they, they were tired of fighting the wars for the Assyrians. Okay. So, and then, of course, the, the pass of Israel, that mountain pass from Assyria into, the, into Europe, it was still called, it's still called the Pass of Israel today by the locals. Mm-hmm. And it's just more proof, historical proof. And, of course, the, uh, the grave sites that they left behind uh, are all in Hebrew, <laughs> right, Hebrew. And uh, there's uh, circum- stone circumcision knives that to be found at these grave sites. Hebrew inscriptions, all kinds of proof that our people did cross the Caucasus Mountains and became known as the Caucasian people. That's what verse 16 is all about. And that's what the latter half of this chapter is all about. Okay. And there's not a Judeo Christian who has taken the time to analyze these verses and figure out what's going on. Okay. It's just not part of their, it's not part of their theology at all. Okay. All right. I've heard a lot of them just say, well, I love Jesus and Jesus loves me. Oh, yeah, that's all that counts, right? (laughs) I believe. That's all I have to do is believe. No effort required on my part. Even though we're told to study to show ourselves approved, they ignore that verse. Yeah. They don't even know it exists. Yeah, and uh, Swamp Fox has uh, Artisan Publishers, Traditions of Glastonbury, a link there. And Yahshua is the ensign. Yeah, so he's symbolized by the cross and by other things or by just uh, images of him because, you know, he was, in fact, a white man. <laughs> it's important to have his, his correct image, right? As mm-hmm. uh, Pontius Pilate in his uh, writing said, he, his hair was even blonder than his mother's, <laughs> right? He had blue eyes and a uh, celestial aspect to his countenance. Beautiful, beautiful prose. It was obvious that Pontius Pilate was deeply impressed by Yahshua mm-hmm. Messiah. And Himmelreich well, America lifted him up for all people to see. Yes, we have. And we are a Christian nation after Yahshua, right? Okay. And well, he was a direct descendant of Adam. And we know we Adam means ruddy complected, show blood in the face. Yes. So yes. had to be a white man. Yeah. 77 generations after, after Adam. Yes. Yeah, and so... Uh, Brother Aber also quotes Zechariah 10:11, "The pride of Assyria shall be brought down, and the scepter of Egypt shall depart away." But the Israelites left Assyria before the decline of Assyria. Okay, that took place a little later, and I think it was because number one, uh, the Scythians, who were Israelites who uh, went around uh, the Black Sea to the east, and even the uh, uh, Caspian Sea to the east, the Scythians were also uh, Saxons, I think the word Scythian uh, derives from Saxon, but they were also either Israelites or Saxons who uh, lived in that area and merged with our people you know, later on in history. So uh, our people just saturated that area. Okay? Mm-hmm. The Middle East, you know, the Mesopotamia, Mesopotamia. That was Israelite country. And uh, the people who uh, attended the first Pentecost came from Babylon, came from the, the two rivers, you know, uh, Mesopotamia and from the river of Egypt. That's exactly uh, what's described at Pentecost. The Israelites from this entire Middle East area, representatives of the, uh, those Israelite tribes, came to the Feast of Pentecost. Why would they come to that feast if they weren't Israelites? Mm-hmm. If they weren't Israelites, they wouldn't be allowed to, to attend, right? Right. Okay. <laughs> and and you know if 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 the if the Bible if these books were written to blacks I mean they didn't even have a written language at the time no, they, didn't. they still don't <laughs> they still don't so how would how could any of this pertain to the blacks or the Chinese you know they none of them they didn't speak Hebrew <laughs> so yes right or Greek yep. yep 
everybody, uh, all you need to do is uh, make an altar call and you're a Christian. (laughs) (laughs) Your race changes. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And and it doesn't matter what your race is. You know, you're a Gentile. (laughs) And the New Testament was written to Gentiles, right? Oh, my God. I can't can't stand it anymore. I can't stand it. Uh, All right. Let's get through this. (laughs) All right. I've had 12. Okay. And in that day, thou shalt say, O Yahweh, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comforts me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Yahweh, Jehovah, is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Okay, hold on. What are two different words? This is not, oh, Jehovah is uh, Yahweh, okay, comes from Yahweh. It's interesting the <laughs> definition they give here. The self-existent or eternal, which is the, you know, the translation used by, uh, who, what's that uh, version of the Bible? Uh, ah, he, he did his own version of the Bible. Uh, his his uh, name slips my mind right now. But Lord is from through. Yah, it's just a short version of Yahweh, okay? And that's H3050. And H3068 is, of course, Yahweh, all right? The Farrar Fenton, the Farrar Fenton version, he he translates Yahweh as the eternal, okay? And so he basically uses this definition. All right, back to you. Okay, verse 3, therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day shall you say, praise Yahweh, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, make mention that his name is exalted. Amen. Sing unto Yahweh, for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. Okay, so we're clearly told that we should exalt his name, uh, make mention of it, praise his name, etc. Yet the Jews' version of these verses is uh, his his name is too holy to be pronounced, right? It's, (laughs) It's so ridiculous. Right. It's, it's obvious that the Jews, especially the Masoretes, who were influential in uh, determining the translation of the Bible by the King James Committee, that it was the Jews are behind the suppression of the sacred names. They're the ones behind it. OK, the Jews actually hate the name of Yahweh, although they pretend. But they, mm-hmm. uh, some of some Jews will use the name of Yahweh. But uh, kind of in an offhand manner, but the rabbis say it's too holy to be pronounced, so the rabbis will not pronounce it. Okay. So if you hear it, you say use the word God. He's referring to his God, right. Satan. Yeah, and even the word God, they they they, they spell it G dash D. They won't even insert the letter O, as if that's kind oh, of oh really. Yeah, as if that's a form of blasphemy too, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So it just proves to the, ex- the extent to which Christianity has been distorted by Judaism. I mean, tremendously distorted by Judaism. And it's, uh, you know, it's like going into the insane asylum <laughs> and, and, and trying to sanitize, sanify, what's, what's the, the word? To uh, uh, un, uh, un, uh, make them sane. Is there a word to, to sanitize? <laughs> Give sanitize, sanitize. Yeah, that's that's a good word. That is a good word. Sanitize their minds from Jewish <laughs> Jewish corruption, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, the whole planet is in St. Asylum now. Okay, the Holy One of Israel, you know, he is still in our midst, whether, you know, of course the kingdom is in our midst as well. We don't have to wait for the kingdom to descend, you know, as the churches believe. You, you, you have to die and go to heaven. No, the kingdom is among us. The kingdom is within us, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, we just have to act accordingly. All right, chapter 13. It's interesting, too, uh, verse 6, it says, For great is the Holy One of Israel. Now, right. Israel is a people, 
the descendants, I mean, uh, Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel in Genesis 35.10. That's not referring to that yeah. land that's no. called Israel today. It's yeah. it's a people. It's us. Yeah, it's, it, right. Exactly. Are the exactly. Wherever, what's that verse in Joshua? Wherever your the soles of your feet will tread, that, that territory belongs to you. Yahweh has given us this planet. Just yes. as he gave it to the Adamites in Genesis chapter 1 for dominion. We're supposed to retake that dominion, and we will. All right. Chapter All 13. right. Mm-hmm. Chapter 13, and we got a judgment on Babylon coming up uh-huh. here. Right. Okay. The burden of Babylon, which Isaiah the son of Amos did see. Lift ye up a banner upon the high mountain. Exalt the voice unto them. Shake the hand, that they may go into the gates of the nobles. I have commanded my sanctified ones. I have also called my mighty ones for my anger, even them that rejoice in my highness. The noise of a multitude in the mountains, like as of a great people, a tumultuous noise of the kingdoms of nations gathered together. Yahweh of hosts musters the host of the battle. They came from a far they come from a far country. From the end of heaven, even Yahweh and the weapons of his indignation to destroy the whole land. How ye, for the day of Yahweh is at hand. It shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. Therefore shall all hands be faint and every man's heart shall melt. And they shall be afraid. Pangs and sorrows shall take hold of them. They shall be in pain as a woman that prevails. They shall be amazed one at another. Their faces flames or shall be as flames added by the translators. Right. Behold, the day of Yahweh comes, cruel both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, for he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. Okay, that's going to happen again. (laughs) There's Mm going to be one last judgment. Although this one is uh, talking specifically about the judgment of the house of Judah and their captivity. All right, back to you. For the stars of heaven and constellations thereof shall not give their light. The sun shall be darkened in his going forth, and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. I think that's all this is saying is there's going to be chaos. Right, it's going to be chaos. But this could not be... a literal. You can't take this right. literally. But I think we can, t- as it applies to the Judgment Day, uh, we can see this happening literally, you know, because there's, there shall be a new heavens and a new earth. So, so we we can take uh, the, these prophecies both as uh, should it, contemporaneous judgments mm-hmm. by Yahweh upon yeah. the house of Judah, and also and reference to, you know, to the Judgment Day itself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Verse eleven, and I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease, and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. I will make a man more precious than fine gold, even a man than the golden wedge of Ophir. I think what he's saying here is this was one of those contemporaneous prophecies uh, that there's going to be scarcity of people because there's going to be a lot of killing. Yeah. Um, 13. Therefore I will shake the heavens and the earth shall remove out of her place in the wrath of of Yahweh of hosts and in the day of his fierce anger. And it shall be as the chaste roe and as a sheep that no man takes up. They shall every man turn to his own people and flee everyone into his own land. Okay, so uh, so let's put it this way: the other nations that were, you know, feeding off of the uh, prosperity of the city of Jerusalem, they will return to their own land. So this is contemporaneous. They will be as a chaste row. Chaste is nadach to push off, uh, to expel. All right, banish, okay? So they will be banished from the presence 
of Judah, and as sheep that no man taketh up, they shall every man, this is Ish, not Adam, they're just talking about the other peoples who have attached themselves to the house of Judah will flee. Well, they see when uh, Jerusalem is being attacked by the Babylonians, they don't want to be attacked by Babylon too, right? So they get Mm -hmm. out of the way, all right? Turn to his own people and flee everyone into his own land. This is going to happen again at the judgment day because we're supposed to be a separate people from them and all of these ish people who are non-Adamites will return to their own lands. The, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the blacks will return to Africa. The Asians will return to Asia. The Amerindians will have their, their what do you call it? Uh, their, uh, their, their, their <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm thinking of two different words <laughs> at once. Their, their casinos, right? They will have their casinos <laughs> on, their, on their reservations. And uh, so uh, we're going to be separated once and for all, as it should be. Back to you. Even back in those days, though, Jerusalem was a, a, a hodgepodge of all mixed races yeah, it, back yes, then. It, yes, it was. Yes. Just like just like we are today. So. Yeah, because both, uh, both uh, Alexandria and Jerusalem were on the, you know, the Silk Road, you know, going across the north face of Africa along the Mediterranean all the way to China. You know, those, that path went through Alexandria and through Jerusalem. So you had constant flows of uh, caravans and traders, you know, in, in the, you know, lodging in the city of Jerusalem on, or on the outskirts, okay, mm-hmm. etc. Nothing okay. new under the sun. No, no. <laughs> New York City. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Right. That's what London. I was about to say. Just like, yeah. just like New York City. Yeah. Okay. Uh, verse uh, fifteen: Every one that is found shall be thrust through, and every one that is joined unto them shall fall by the sword. Their children also shall be dashed to pieces before their eyes. Their houses shall be spoiled, and their wives ravished. And this is one of the contemporaneous prophecies uh-huh, which right. did come to and, did, come to, and, um, and it will happen again <laughs> right yeah yep uh verse 17 behold i will stir up the medes against them Ooh. and the medes did yes overtake right. the babylonians right and uh, that's the prophecy in daniel the, the four beasts of daniel the uh starts with the babylonians then uh, the Medes and Persians who overthrew the Babylonians, and the Greeks overthrew the Medes and Persians, and then the Romans mm-hmm. overthrew the Greeks, right? Yeah. It's history. It's all history. Yes. Okay. You, you got to have a little bit of a knowledge of history. Yeah, you have to. If you're to understand the Bible. the Bible. Yeah, you have to. Verse um, 18. Their bows also shall dash the young men to pieces. And they shall have no pity on the fruit of the womb. Their eyes shall not spare children. So they're going to be killing everybody. Yes. Young men. That's right. Uh, pregnant women, children. Verse 19. And Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldees' excellency, shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. So is not the jab killing everybody, especially of our people? <laughs> That's true. That's right? true. I mean, the judgment has begun. You know, mm-hmm. It's begun. All right. It, speaking of Babylon, shall never be inhabited. Neither shall it be dwelt in from generation to generation. Neither shall the Arabian pitch tent there. Neither shall the shepherds make their fold there. So it's going to be deserted. I mean, yep. it's going to be totally wiped been. out. It has been. <laughs> it's nothing but uh, a dry heap of desert. Mm-hmm. Okay, so literally a fulfilled prophecy here. Yep. But wild beasts of the desert shall lie there, and their houses shall be full of doleful creatures, and owls shall dwell there, and satyrs shall dance there. Oh. So we've got oat, uh, owls and wild goats yeah. living there now, what was once Babylon. Yeah. No, wait a minute. Now, Satyr's uh, Sayer, Sawyer, I, I think that's a, that might be a typo. It, it means shaggy, a he-goat. Goats, yeah. yeah. Right. Analogy, a fawn, 
devil, goat, hairy kid. So uh, I think that's uh, that's just a, an interpretation by the translators. Okay, I, I think okay. he's talking about goats. It's not talking about what we know as satyrs being half goat and half human, right? Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's just All like right. there's another translation that um, poor translation. I can't remember where it is now. Talking about um, oh, what are those mythical creatures? Anyway, it should be translated wild ox right. instead of yeah, reem, uh, reem, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Right. But the that's translators true. translated it. What they translated as um, yeah, uh, unicorn. That's it. Right there, you go, Re- unicorn. Yeah. yeah. Fanciful. Uh, uh, I don't forget who said it. Oh, uh, yeah, I think it was uh, the the songwriter for the uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, Neil Young. Okay, no, not Neil Young. It was uh, Stills, Stephen Stills. He said, "If if you have to choose between truth and legend, always pick the legend. (laughs) 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 The legend will make you famous. The truth won't." (laughs) Okay. All right, the last verse here, verse 22. And the wild beasts of the islands shall cry in their desolate houses and dragons in their pleasant palaces. And her time is near to come and her days shall not be prolonged. Okay, so definitely talking about ancient Babylon. I'm sorry, ancient Jerusalem being invaded by Babylon. No, No doubt about it. Okay, so again, the Bible is history. And so we're just about out of time. I just want to elaborate a little bit about that that song. Uh, Something happened in here. What it is ain't exactly clear. That song was not about the, uh, you know, it was not a, a, a war anthem, an anti-war anthem. That song was actually about the city of L.A. where the kids were having a rave at a nightclub and it was past curfew. Right, the the kids didn't want to go home, right? And uh, so the cops just, just uh, threw him out and made him go home. That's what that song is all about. It's not a, a, an anti-war anthem by any stretch of the imagination. However, the following year, the uh, uh, Kent State happened, and the song came out about the same time as Kent State. And so everybody associates that song with Kent State. That's not at all what the song is about. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, so but the legend is bigger <laughs> than the truth. So yeah. That's what he meant by saying, well, you have a choice between a legend and the truth. Always pick the legend, <laughs> right? Okay. All right, folks, thanks for listening. Praise the Yahweh, pass the ammunition. We will see you next time. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Great show today. I love yes. going into this detail of this history. It's so oh, interesting to me. Right. It's, it's fun. It's absolutely fun. All right, take care, everybody. Bye-bye. See ya. See ya. Uh.